0: Thank you for tuning in to Episode 6 of the NEOS Dance Theatre Podcast. My name's Katie. I'm a dancer with NEOS, and I'm also your host. This is a podcast that bridges the gap between the audience and the stage. So Tuesday was our first day in the theater. We had the theater to ourselves, so we had the entire time to get used to the space. It was interesting, and space is pretty limited. This is the point where the movement is really in our bodies, so we can start to let go and delve deeper. However, the limited amount of space presents a new challenge. We have to find ways to keep our movement big, despite the feeling that we have less space than what we are used to. I think it's a fun challenge, though. We get to use our brains in new ways, and it's also so cool that we share the space with the musicians. Like I said in the last episode, most of the time the musicians would be in an orchestra pit, but for this production, they're behind us on stage. I think it creates more intimacy between the dancers and the musicians. That being said, it's still quite a challenge. There is one section where we are doing karate-type movement, and we have to do these sweeping roundhouse kicks, At this point, I'm standing maybe a foot away from one of the musicians, so I have to find a way to adapt that movement so that I don't kick them and knock their instrument to the floor. At the same time, I don't want to make the movement small and timid. It's a balance, and we just have to use our creativity to solve these problems. So Thursday was our second day in the theater. We spent the first portion of the day with the lighting designer. This was pretty low-key because the lighting designer just needed to see the bodies in the space to set lighting cues. So we just walked through the ballet in our tennis shoes. This was nice because we were able to use the time to process everything that we did the day before. After our dinner break, we had our first rehearsal with the orchestra. The orchestra and choir sounded incredible. We are so fortunate to be able to collaborate with such talented artists. I had the chance to talk to Gerhard Zimmerman Wednesday evening. He's the conductor of the orchestra that we were dancing alongside. It was cool talking to him because usually I don't really interact with the conductors too much. He tells us about how he found music and how we got started at the Canton Symphony Orchestra. He also gives us a little music history lesson on Carmina Burana. He was a joy to speak with and I'm excited to be working with him for the next few days. I think you will appreciate hearing what he has to say, so I will let you listen to the conversation now. Enjoy! <laughs>
1: very well. We have our first rehearsal tonight.
0: First rehearsal tonight? Yeah. Did you just get in today? Oh, Did I've been here in? since Monday. Oh, you have? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you were coming from North Carolina or? From Texas. From Texas. University of Texas, yeah. What were you doing there?
1: Well, I'm the orchestra conductor there. Mm-hmm. I'm director of uh, director of orchestras and I also have uh, two conducting students
0: oh wow so you you're not just the director the music director here you're you're kind of all over the place yeah
1: well it, Texas and here are, are okay. my permanent posts cool.
0: mm-hmm. and then you live with your family in North Carolina
1: uh, uh, yes mm-hmm. Um. During the main year, I'm in in Texas, okay, and my wife either comes to visit me or I go to visit her. Mm -hmm. In the summertime and Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays, then I'm in North Carolina. Cool. Okay.
0: So, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners?
1: Okay, I'm Gerhard Zimmerman, I'm the guy that w- waves his arms like a crazy man.
0: In <laughs> other words, I'm the
1: conductor of mm-hmm. the Canton Symphony.
0: Great. So I wanted to just ask, start at the beginning, so where did you get your start in music?
1: Oh goodness. Um, well, I I went to Bowling Green State University Okay. and received a, a Bachelor in Music Education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, I taught two years in a public school, Genoa, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, sixth grade band, elementary vocal music K through six, mm-hmm. and the entire orchestra program. Then I went to the University of Iowa mm-hmm. and received my Master uh, master of Fine Arts in conducting. Then mm-hmm. the next two years I was Western mm-hmm. Illinois University as mm-hmm. an assistant professor there. Then I went to St. Louis as assistant okay. conductor, and then I ended up here.
0: Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, when you were younger, how, did you have family that was interested in music, that had a background in music? Like, did I you had a,
1: my, a brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents weren't musical whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But my father had a brother, mm-hmm. okay, that played banjo, trombone, uh, trumpet, violin. Mm-hmm. And he was also the director of the Convoy Ohio Town Band.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, <laughs> maybe my brother and i you know got our musical talent from him we, mm-hmm. uh, we don't know for sure
0: mm-hmm. yeah so what was what made you want to really take it seriously
1: music or yeah, okay music. all right mm-hmm. um, well i tell people you know if 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 i wouldn't have had polio in 1952 i probably would have never, never gone into music my oh. my dream was to be the second baseman for the Cincinnati Reds really yeah
0: that's crazy. So but, you were playing baseball growing up? No, no,
1: no, no, no. Because Well, I had polio when I was seven. Oh, okay. So uh, that, that sort of sunk that dream mm-hmm. down the drain. Right away. So then I was going to be um, um, junior high and elementary school band director. Mm-hmm. When I went to Bowling Green, my trumpet uh, teacher said that I should try out for orchestra. Mm-hmm. I did. First time I heard an orchestra live is when I sat in one mm-hmm. as the second trumpet, Oh. and when I after the first rehearsal I knew what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm.
0: So what was the next step you took? So you said then you went to Bowling Green.
1: B- Bowling Green, and mm-hmm. then then I taught a public school for two years. Right. Mm-hmm. Then I went to uh, to study for a master's degree in conducting. Right. Cool. And then you know by the. The luck of life. I mean, I tell my conducting students that you know, getting a job is 95% luck, mm-hmm. and when you do have the opportunity, then you better have that extra 5% to prove yourself. It's, yeah. it's, it's very difficult, and I've been mm-hmm. very lucky in my career.
0: Yeah, it's the same way in dance. It's so hard, and so you really have to really love it to right. put yes. yourself through something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you're in your thirty-fifth year here, is the Thirty-seventh. Thirty-seventh year, okay, um, as a music director in Canton. So how mm-hmm. did you get started here?
1: Well, I, at the time, I was associate conductor in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and my manager, Herbert Barrett out of New York, called and said, you know, there's an orchestra inter- uh, interested in you. And I said, oh, okay, well, th- which one isn't? He said the Canton Symphony. And I sort of thought to myself, yeah, Canton, isn't that where the Hall of Fame is?" And Herbert said, yes. I said, I didn't even know they had an orchestra, because in that time, uh, the Youngstown Orchestra was the, the prominent orchestra besides Cleveland mm-hmm. in this area.
0: Right.
1: So I, I told Herbert that I really wasn't interested, and um, he didn't listen, and the people in Canton didn't listen. They came and interviewed me, they came to see me conduct a, a couple of times in, in St. Louis, and then they offered me the job, mm-hmm. and I said, well, I, gee, I can't take the job unless I hear the orchestra. That makes I mean, sense. <laughs> so they brought me in to hear the orchestra. I thought they were a, a talented group, and I took the job, and 37 years later, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And I'm still loving it.
0: Great. So what, I mean, we, dancers work with musicians a lot, but we don't really, I don't think, understand what goes into their practice. So what? What does the day in the life look like as the music director and conductor here?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, besides preparing yourself with the scores, Mm -hmm. uh, to actually get in front of the orchestra to rehearse them uh, for the rehearsals in the concert, you you also have meetings with uh, board members, you have some fundraising meetings, Um, you have to plan the entire season. it's um, I'm only here maybe eight or nine weeks out of the year mm-hmm. but I'm constantly doing work for the Canton Symphony I mean it's never out of my mind I'm always thinking about programs or um, uh, fundraising ideas or how or how we can come up um, you know uh, perhaps being presented on uh, PBS television something like that mm-hmm. so the mind is always always going so to speak
0: yeah. So as a musician, was, were those administrative um, responsibilities something that you were expecting to have to do? Is that something that came naturally to you, or? Um,
1: well, the, the leadership part, I think, mm-hmm. in, in dealing with people came, came natural, okay? Um, the extent. Of the administrative duties, particularly if since I'm a professor at University of Texas, that 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 was more than I expected there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there you do everything basically with the orchestra. Um, here you have an executive director, you have a personnel manager, you have um, a librarian, you know, mm-hmm. which 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 helps the music director a great deal. Mm-hmm. I see. Cool.
0: So, but I'm,
1: I'm, I'm sure it's like dance, I mean, yeah. you live and breathe the music. Mm-hmm. And it's never a way, for, even if you're on vacation or you're taking it, it's always with you.
0: Right, yeah, I totally get that. Um, so there was something I read on the website, it's a quote, it says, He doesn't merely conduct music and they don't merely play it, they breathe it as an organic unit. So how did you cultivate that?
1: I, I'm always telling them to breathe together to breathe with me, and also to listen to each other as if it were a chamber music, Mm -hmm. like a string quartet. Um, I tell orchestras, that you know, a symphony orchestra of 80 people is just a magnified string quartet, okay? And you still have to listen to one another. A lot of times, orchestras will rely on the conductor too much. I I remember a story of, um, when I first went to North Carolina as music director in 1982, the timpani player came out and said, Gerhard, uh, do you want us to play on your beat or after your beat? Well, I said, well, John, I want you to play together. Well, yes, I know that, but but do you want us to play on your beat when the baton comes down, or do you want us to play as it comes up? Mm-hmm. I said, I want you to play together, and he gave me this look, and I said, John, I don't care where you play in the beat because someone else is going to play someplace else in the beat. Mm -hmm. I want you to listen and I want you to play together as an orchestra.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's definitely like that with dance because you might hear the music a different way, but even if you hear it, you know the counts and you know what it's supposed to be. But if someone's doing it differently, it doesn't matter. Like You still have to watch them, so I think it's kind of similar. So were there any, can you recall any particular experience experiences where you really felt like it was the orchestra's really breathing together and it was kind of something that just felt really powerful and just one of oh, those? Gee, I remember
1: uh, several years ago we did a Scriabin Symphony Number no. 2 and in the last moon I just stopped conducting and I just stood there. Wow. And that, I tell people that the best times I have conducting is when I'm not conducting. It's mm-hmm. so when I can stand there i don't have to beat time i can you know just make a little sh- shadow puppets in the air right. or, or or whatever you do mm-hmm. and um which means the orchestra is it, they're they're one okay they're 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 playing as one entity mm-hmm. and that's that's when it's really great
0: yeah that's no that's when you know you you've done your job yes mm-hmm So let's talk a little bit about Carmina Burana now. So I've seen it performed with dance companies before, but I really don't know much about the music, and I'm sure not all of the dancers and maybe some of the people who are coming to see us dance don't know a lot about it. So maybe you can give us, like, a mini music history lesson on that, like who's the composer?
1: Well, Karl Orff, uh, who's a German composer, Mm -hmm. um, he also has... um, an educational system where he has the, the orf musical instruments and there's a set way of, of, of teaching children music. Mm-hmm. Um, he discovered this manuscript from the thirteenth century of of these defrocked monks and uh, people that 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 had, had it with the church so to speak, you know, and the, the dogma of, of of the church. And there were also musicians involved and everything, and they, they, they wrote this poetry, which in that time, I guess you could consider was <clears throat> a bit risque. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, uh, they touted the virtues of um, wine, food, dance, and women. <laughs> okay, they they would talk about things like uh, uh, getting so drunk that, that everyone took their clothes off and just danced. Mm-hmm. It's um, you know the first time I did this in Canton, mm-hmm. um, there was a church and its pastor and several members of the church uh, picketed outside the hall, and the executive director at that time, Linda Morehouse. Came up to me and was all worried about it, and I said, "Oh, don't, don't, don't worry about it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Just, just let them pick it. Just let them pick it." Well, yes, but it's going to be embarrassing. And I said, "No, it's not going to be embarrassing. It's going to give us publicity." Yeah, that's okay? true. Okay, and that's that's why it's it's great that they're going to do this. Mm-hmm. So it didn't cut down on the crowd at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's for sure. Wow.
0: That's awesome. So um, there's another piece being performed on this program. What is that piece? Can you tell Dvorak, us Dvorak's
1: Serenade, um, Opus 44 for Winds. Mm-hmm. It's, jeez, um, I've never counted them. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten, ten performers. Um, it, it's a wonderful piece. I mean, it's, it's, it's the epitome of chamber music. I I'm, I'm just out there sort of I start them and I end them. Okay? Wow. Um I think it's a, it's a it's a great companion piece uh for the orf because it is it is so it it sounds so part of nature.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay? Mhm. Wow. Okay. Great. Um so have you worked with dancers before?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yes. Oh yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So how does it contain? Sometimes
1: I like it, sometimes I don't. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember, I used to do Nutcracker a lot in yeah. North Carolina. And I remember one, and, and even in St. Louis when I was an associate conductor. Mm-hmm. And I remember one one male dancer, you know, the, the second act when, when he has his solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during the rehearsal he would say, okay, could this be a little slower here? Could this be a little faster? Could, could it be a little... Could you speed up here? And mm-hmm. finally, I, I went like this to him. He's on stage. And I said, "I will give you three tempo changes, in a minute and a half piece, and that's all. You decide which ones you want,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'll do them. But you only get three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, because there's some dancers who might want it a little bit slower so they can hold a balance longer or yeah. faster. Well, I, yeah. Well, I don't.
1: I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind that. Yeah. But if it gets in the. If, if it gets in the way of what what the music intends mm-hmm. then then i have a little bit of a problem yeah, with that.
0: Yeah, that that's understandable. So is it a challenge to get the musicians to adapt to playing for dancers? No, i don't no, i don't mm-hmm. think so. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, we have some experience dancing with live orchestras, so we know, yeah, we know that you know that Orchestra might have been rehearsing it at a different tempo, so we have to adapt to that. Maybe the musicians may have to adapt to something that we're doing, so right, kind of a right. give or take. Well I mm-hmm. think
1: that's what this is this rehearsal is for. Yeah. So that I know before the chorus comes tomorrow night and the soloist exactly what what you need.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. So Here's some fun questions. So when you're not <laughs> listening to classical music, do you listen to any, what are your other interests for music?
1: For music? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like uh, some musicals, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I don't want you to, you know, become ill on this, but <laughs> I love Les Mis, mm-hmm. um, sound of music, okay? Um, not so much Phantom of the <laughs> um, let's, what's the one with the red head? Um, oh. The sun will come out tomorrow, bet your bottom dolly. Annie, yes, I, I love
0: Annie.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma, not so much. Sound, sound, uh, South Pacific, not so much. I think those three or four,
0: mm-hmm. I, I really love. Mm-hmm. What about, like, do you listen to rock music or anything like that? No. You, you like listening to musicals?
1: um those those three or mm-hmm. four
0: right mm-hmm. okay I, will.
1: i don't listen to the others i like bagpipe music oh cool and i like irish dancing mm-hmm. music
0: mm-hmm.
1: bagpipes yeah bagpipes irish dancing
0: yeah I, yeah mm-hmm. cool so this is kind of a maybe a hard question but it's kind of fun um some people have trouble answering it because they might have trouble separating themselves from their careers so i am going to ask you this okay. if you were at a party and you didn't want to talk about music how would you introduce yourself so you know sometimes i go up and say
1: i'm gerhard zimmerman what do you mm-hmm. think of the Cavs? <laughs> are they going to get through the first round mm-hmm. of the playoffs or something like that
0: right mm-hmm. so so you have a wife and a couple of kids right
1: two children mm-hmm. and five grandchildren and one grandchild on the way
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, wow, congrats. will make six. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, yeah, I like to ask that question just because people sometimes, it's hard for them to, like I said, separate themselves from their careers, so it's interesting to talk about what they are outside of that, so, you know.
1: Yeah, for the la- yeah. I used to like to talk about politics, but not for the last year mm-hmm. and a half, because yeah. I mean, it's it, you're not know, getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. So.
0: Mm-hmm. so do you have any other passions outside of music
1: you know uh, outside of my family
0: mm-hmm.
1: and music uh, unfortunately no
0: well those are two very and the, and the only th- reason I
1: say unfortunately yeah. is that you know I had an, an uncle mm-hmm. um, that retired and he had no hobbies whatsoever um, and he just I mean mentally he lost it mm-hmm. and so I'm not I'm not really, I'm not thinking about retiring. Mm -hmm. A lot of people my age and younger are retiring, which I don't understand at all, Mm -hmm. um, because that's not my my mindset and everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like the the cowboys, and and, those B-Westerns back in the 50s, you wouldn't know, uh, where they say, oh, I just wanna die with my boots on. Oh, I just wanna die with a baton in my hand. Mm -hmm something like that. I see. Well,
0: cool. <laughs> well yeah, I mean music and family are two very fulfilling things. So, I guess you don't But know. I do I do
1: have two pa- two passions, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, B-Westerns, w- which should be the I you know these. Yeah, what do you mean by is B-Westerns? Them? Have you ever heard of Roy Rogers or Gene Autry?
0: Roy Rogers sounds familiar. But okay. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> both of them were called the Singing Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Which when I was a kid growing up, I didn't care for it because I always said, well, geez, you know, they, they kiss the girls, they should be kissing the horse. You know, you have to understand, I'm seven, nine years old. And um, Lash LaRue, uh, Tex Ritter, Johnny Mac Brown, mm-hmm. all of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I have several autographs of uh, Lash LaRue. He always dressed in okay. black, and then he had a bullwhip. That's why they called him Lash. Um, that, and I love uh, old radio shows, Ooh. like The Shadow, Um, Richard Diamond, um, Sam Spade, uh, Private Detective, and and all of those old shows.
0: I love that. Cool. So, awesome. So, what is, just one more question, so what about this project are you most excited about?
1: Well, it's the first time that I've done Carmina with Dance. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to it, Um, talking with Bobby and everything. I mean it sounds exciting what, what he has planned. Yeah. And I'm really look, looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, we're really we're really looking forward to working with you guys too. Great. So great. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Great. It's gonna be great. All right. Well thank you so much for talking. You're to welcome. Me. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, please go to iTunes to rate and review our show. I want to continue to bring you better content, so that will help a lot. And thank you so much to those of you who have already done this. If you are new to the podcast and don't know what Neostance Theater is, then go back and listen to episode one, where I explain a little bit about what Neos is, and episode three, where artistic director and co founder Bobby Westner tells us how Neos got started. And if you would like to find out more about Neos, go to our website at www.neostancetheater.org. Follow us on Instagram at Neostance Theater and like our Facebook page. If you have any questions relating to the podcast, you can email me at ndtpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Gerhardt. I probably won't be back to chat with you until next week, so if you're in the area, go to cantonsympony.org to purchase your tickets for Carmina Burana. Next week, we will be getting ready to go on tour to Georgia, so I will tell you all about that soon. Stay tuned, and thanks again for listening.